Hello, 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 and welcome back to the show. What is going on? Make sure you hit the subscribe button and go down to the show notes real quick and click on them things and go to them places and like, follow, subscribe, share with a friend, interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show and let us move on. Okay, that's what I said. Alright, good job. Good job. Alright. So, I want to talk about prepper stuff. I want to talk about being a prepper. Right? Now, again, I have to restate a couple of things. One, I'm not an expert in anything I talk about. Please make sure you do your own research and do things according to what makes you feel good, right? Two, I do not like putting labels on myself because putting certain labels on yourself makes people expect certain things of you, right? And certain things of myself. Being a Buddhist, right? I don't spend a whole lot of time doing the things that I thought I would be doing as a Buddhist. <laughs> what do you mean, man? Well, like I don't, uh, I don't sit in the full lotus position. I don't, I don't meditate a whole lot. I don't, I don't do a lot of the things that I had the stereotype of in my head. And I found out that a lot of Buddhists don't really do those things either. Well, uh, lower than the monastic level. Okay. The layman. The regular devotees and stuff like that. They, a lot, a lot of Buddhists don't don't do some of those things that come to mind whenever you think of Buddhism. I, th- I think, I think that the same goes for the word prepper. Okay, we'll we'll focus on that in this episode. So that's call it the episode, right? When, and, and I've, I've talked to some people about me being a prepper, and they're like, oh man, you got like an underground bunker and stuff? Like, no. Like, you got 10 years worth of food stored up in your garage? No. No. about it. Okay. I'm like medium I'm like medium core. Okay. Somewhere between medium core and hardcore. I'm not really hardcore about a whole lot of anything really. But I'm hardcore enough to realize that being a prepper is a pretty responsible thing to do. Like, it, it seems like 
it would be one of those things that I would have expected all adults to be doing had I known about it as a child. Okay. That makes sense. Like instead of instead of relying upon Walmart to have tonight's dinner sitting there on a shelf somewhere. I I go to Walmart once a week and I'm I'm getting to the point to where I, I can I can make it a, a considerable amount of time. I don't know what what that amount of time is depending on rationing and climate and stuff like that. I I can make it a little bit of time or I can make it a lot of bit of time. You know, depending on who's who's at the house at the time and and all that jazz. You know, what the plan is. You know, I it's not as simple of a thing to say, I've got one month of food sitting on the shelves. You know, I've, I've got I've got a bunch of food, but I I wouldn't say it's a month, but I also wouldn't say it's a couple of days. There's there's food at the house, and I don't know how long I would make it. I know I would make it a lot longer today than I would have made it five years ago. But, and it becomes, it becomes that thing, right? conversation with my friend earlier just not half an hour ago maybe and uh, he was telling me he was having some problems with his uh, with his phone and his wife was having problems with her phone and I was like well I'm not having any problems with my phone well, it's prob- the only problem I'm having with my phone is people keep calling me <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I paused and jokingly said, well, you know, it could be the stink hitting the propeller and we just haven't figured it out yet. And he's like, that's what I was just telling my coworker, man. And, you know, we, we got to talking about, you know, and, and uh, The idea of self-reliance and self-sufficiency. If the way things are set up right now, you know, the, and, it, and this is, you know, my conspiracy nuts getting into a twist here. They use they use fancy talk like, oh no no no, we don't. There's there's no government control. There's no, you know, but you know, if you if you were to go out, if you were to build a house with solar panels, with the intention of going off grid, I'm pretty sure that there's there there's a requirement that you be connected to the grid that you have to pay for that being connected to the grid. 
forcing the populace to do your bidding than to turn off the electricity. You know, so you, know, you, you start you start asking questions about, well, why am I doing this? Why am I getting prepared? What am I getting prepared for? You know, I I would I would like to think that you know a, a good general thing to answer that question with would be the the power grid going down, not having electricity for an extended or a permanent amount of time. You know, just because it's it's. It's one of those possibility type of things, you know. The, the power can go out. The power can go out for a day. The power can go out for an hour. The power can go out for a week. The power can go out for a year, a decade, and or permanently. And then what? So you start, you start getting into this prepper thing, and you start asking questions. You know, what am I doing? How am I going to do it? What, what is, what is the, you know, what's the point? Why, you know, I, I, I keep, I keep telling myself and people around me to be, to be the three-year-old, and always ask their favorite question, why, and then you answer it, and then you ask why again. Pretend that. That three-year-old in your brain is alive and well and sitting in the chair right next to you. And you answer the question, and they say, well, why? Well, you know, this, this, and this. They, they soak it in a little bit, and then they say, why? Over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's, that's pretty much what I've been doing here, staring at this windshield, and I've got my little, my little inner three-year-old sitting in here on the, on the chair next to me and sort of an imaginary friend and an imaginary seatbelt asking imaginary well, well, more real questions than, than imaginary because it's me asking a question it's like, okay, well here's, here's the answer that I've been kind of pre-programmed to answer and then I ask myself why? And I dig, and I dig, and I dig, until I get down to the bottom of everything that I've been able to regurgitate and give every bit of answer that I know to give, and then I ask myself, why some more? You know what I mean? Whenever I got into this, I, I got scared. I was really honestly scared. Because it was one of those things where, you know, I, I, I married a woman who already had children and was pregnant with her next one. And, well, I didn't marry her while she was pregnant. I married her <laughs> uh, almost almost a full year after her last kid was born, and 
when when we got together, I kind of felt like dad. And then we got married and I felt a lot more like dad. And then we got pregnant and I realized I was going to be a dad, like a biological link for me to this this existence. And I got a little weirded out, but overall felt, you know, pretty cool about it. I was doing all right. Baby came. We're at the hospital. We're having a good time. We go home. And I have kind of one of those those uh, Simba moments on, on the Pride Rock where, where Rafiki takes the... Uh, takes baby Simba and holds him up in the air and mix that with the, the, the scene where Mufasa and Simba are sitting there and Mufasa is like all that you, all that the sun touches is, is yours you know, kind of thing and, I, and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm looking all over the place and not just in the physical sense but you know, the the world in general and I'm like oh good grief how could I have done this how could I have brought another life into this world what what business have I to bring a child into this world you know so now now here I am I've, I've got to I've got to do things better you know I've got to I've got to try and you know steer the ship a little bit away from the edge you know like please stop or please you know, slow down or please change directions. I don't know. I just it's not cool, man. <laughs> so I I got scared. Like the aliens are coming, the Russians are coming, the Chinese are driving the Russians somewhere. And, I, and I'm and I'm just soaking it all every last little bit of whatever is going on in the news. I'm soaking it all up. I am taking it all in. And it is... It is the truth. Because why would they lie to me? <laughs> why would... Why would the nice person on the radio lie to me about... About what the Russians are doing. Or what the Chinese or the Japanese or the Africans or the anybody else in the whole wide world is doing. Why, why would they lie to me? Because... That, that would be wrong. That would be mean. You know? So I... My shit flipped and I was crazy. I started buying more and more food and more and more stuff. And I was like, it's happening soon. It's going to happen soon. Like every, every prepper podcast that I could get my hands on said that it it could possibly happen any minute. It is going to happen, man. Any minute now, we're gonna we're gonna wake up one morning, and the power grid's gonna be down, and just like Red Dawn, the the, the Cubans and the Russians are gonna be air dropping, and oh man, it's gonna be Armageddon and the end of the world, and on and on and on and, on. and I, you know, I. Fast little Mustang. You know? 
the speed limit. I don't want I don't want Mr. Mustang to get stuck behind me. <laughs> Raving his engine. Roar, roar, roar. So anyway. I I I got scared. got into the whole gardening thing like it, it it has to be done as soon as possible because it could happen any minute any minute now any minute now the bad guys are going to be dropping from the sky with with laser guns and yeah and it, it, it's happening so we got to get the rabbits and we got to get the chickens and we got to get all the stuff and we got to get the guns we're going to get the the bug out vehicles and the bug out locations to go with our bug out bags. We're gonna bug all over the place and oh man. I get myself all all worked up just thinking about it. Now I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's wrong. I'm not trying to say that it's not going to happen. Okay, but for you know, ten plus years, eleven plus years, twelve plus years, I've I've been kind of freaking out about this. And after a while of freaking out and seeing it not actually happening, you know, you start to start to let go a little bit and it's like okay maybe I'm just freaking out a little bit maybe I can calm down and maybe we can do this a different way and yeah it was I would I would say that you know yeah I am I don't know I would say that I'm lucky that nothing bad happened, right? But I would also call myself a weirdo for freaking out about it so much. Like, look, see, nothing happened. You know, but then also to not be that guy to myself and see, see, I told you, I told you something bad was going to happen and now here we are with no food and no water and you got a bunch of starving kids and wife is sitting there going, oh, what happened to Mr. Prepper stuff? Right? You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> so, it, I, you know, I got into the Prepper thing, and I, I got tired of my house being a pile of clutter. So I got into the minimalism to, to reduce the stuff, Right? I don't want to dwell on the minimalism thing, and and the minimalism, uh, the minimalism goes into uh, goes into my spiritual trip, and I really don't want to dwell there either. But my spiritual trip ended up bringing me back to nature. 
and nature brought me back around full circle to the survival thing because I Whenever I was younger, before I met my wife, I I was pretty much done. You know, I was I was ready to be the homeless guy that had a good, decent job and had a car, and I was just going to live in my car and have a tent and maybe a hammock and you know go get a campsite from time to time. But you know, I, that that was going to be how I did my thing. You know, and. Then I met my wife, and I got reinvested into the materialism thing, and and I kind of spiraled out from there, and I guess I I preached the word of minimalism so much that my wife finally got on board, and that, and it's, I guess I'm dwelling on the minimalism thing, but it's, it's also to help with the point of not not liking placing labels on me or anybody else I you know as, as much as I dislike it that people do it to me I still in my head do it to other people I don't know it's just a, an instinctive reaction or or what but you know somebody says that you know they do something, uh, they, uh, they play Dungeons and Dragons. I, I start running assumptions in my head that they've got a big bag of dice somewhere, or a bunch of dice, and they've created, you know, several dozen characters that they're never ever going to get to play, and, you know, little things like that that, you know, I know may or may not be true. But I make those assumptions anyway, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Anyway, I don't. I, I I prefer the I prefer to add the words inspired by Buddhism, inspired by minimalism, inspired by preppers, in an effort to help explain or describe myself to people I am inspired by preppers because duh you know when when has even even if we take the whole conspiracy theory stuff out of it and all you know the, the 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 Gulf of Tonkin out of it right and I, and I always go to Gulf of Tonkin, the, the uh, right? Gulf of Tonkin is the the thing where where the government lied about it, so we would go into Vietnam, right? That that's always my thing. That that you know, when people say, "Why would the government lie to us?" You know, here's here's a thing, here's a proof that the government has admitted to. Yeah, and I've. I've laid off of the conspiracy so much that I've actually forgotten that that was my, my go-to. Yeah. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? 
you, even if you take out all of the governmental conspiracy theories and possibilities and whatever out of it, Mother Nature herself has given us plenty of reason to prepare. Okay? You look to the sky and where I'm from, you, well, <laughs> I used to live in the St. Louis area. And in St. Louis, a, a pretty a pretty general way of te- uh, figuring out what the weather was going to be like was look west. Right? And whatever the whatever the sky was doing to the west was eventually going to make it over here and uh, eh, depending on the wind, maybe an hour or two or three. Yeah. And if there were no clouds, then you were going to have a beautiful day. If there were some clouds, it was possibly going to rain. Right, where I live now in southwest Missouri, down towards Branson, the, the weather comes from everywhere. Right? South, north, west. There's been a handful of times that it's come from the east. You know, there, there's just no. <laughs> But it's it's beautiful here, man. It is it is absolutely amazing. Lots of state parks and conservation areas and stuff like that. That you know, you can you can walk in the trees for days and days and never see another piece of pavement. Fantastic, I dig it. Uh, but anyway. Mother Nature herself gives you all kinds of reason to prepare, you know. You, you see that it's going to rain, you prepare yourself for the day. You know that, you know, right now it's the beginning of fall, and you know that here in a couple of months it's going to start getting cold. So you start doing certain things around the house, you start doing certain things with your, with your animals and your pets and your garden and... Your, your cars and all of your stuff and you prepare for winter to arrive. Right? And then winter finally shows up and you hang out and you do your winter thing depending on you know what it is that you do. You know? And then the the, the freezing cold days start to let up a little bit, you start to hear the birds, then you start to prepare for spring. You start, you know, you start putting seeds in, in starter cups and you start, you know, waking up your garden, you start, you know, doing all of your pre-spring stuff so that whenever spring is sprung, you're ready for it, right? And then the same for summer, and then the sun, same for fall, and then, you know, you're you're being being a prepper is a in, in my mind now as a, a constant mindset. You're always you know you're always doing this. You're always doing that. You're always putting a little bit of food away. You're always sticking stuff in the freezer. You're always saving seeds. You know, and, and it's kind of weird because you know this is the this is the first. 
this is the first winter that I will be a vegan. And this is the first this is the first time that I I've made it this long. I've I've only made it a couple of months. And then now here I am at month number six. And and the reason I didn't make it before is because I, I started getting sick and uh, I, I finally asked a question because it was it was one of those things whenever I researched it you know it always popped up that uh, it was because I was a vegetarian and I, I wasn't I wasn't eating meat and there were certain things in meat that that you have to have and it turns out that that's all a big lie because where does the meat get it from? Right? That's one of my, my favorite arguments. Okay, if there's stuff in meat that I have to have in order to live, where does the meat get it? Where does the meat get its protein from? Right? That, that, that's the big, biggest argument that I've come across. That's becoming a vegan. If you, you say the words that you are a vegan, you had better be prepared to have yourself a discussion with people because they once you know they they could have lived under a rock all of their life and and never gone to college and never have obtained any sort of a science degree at all in in any sort of diet or whatever. But the moment you say the word vegan they are all of a sudden an expert. They are the dietitian. They are the surgeon. They are every doctor wrapped up into one. They know exactly what they're talking about. And you have to have meat. Right? And unfortunately for the last 44 years of life, I've listened to those people. And now here I am, you know, six months in, taking, taking advice from people who have been vegans for multiple decades. 30, 40, 50 years of life of never eating meat. Like, how have you survived this long if we have to have meat to eat? Like, we have to have meat to, in order to live. You know, how is this possible? My, my, my friend Joe, who dropped out in ninth grade, told me that you got to have meat to survive. And he can't be lying. Right? <laughs> so, so it's you know it's one of those things where okay, maybe I've been wrong. Let's look into this. Oh, people have gone 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, and never have eaten meat in all of their days, and they're still alive. How is this possible? Well, if it's possible for them to do it, then it's possible for me to do it. So let's run an experiment. Let's see how it goes. And that experiment has been going for six months now. Now I've tried it before, and I made it. You know, like I said, I, you know, I'm, uh, ten days was my first record. You know, it's, it's on purpose. You know, I, I've gone a couple of days without without noticing that I hadn't had meat in those couple of days. Like, oh hey, hey I haven't had any meat last couple of days. I better go eat double the meat because I gotta make up for it because I didn't eat any meat, right?
how does this <laughs> how does this work into being a prepper? Well, I'm not exactly sure, and that's kind of kind of part of what I'm trying to accomplish here I'm, in my content. You know, I'm stumbling and I'm wandering down this this path and trying to get it all figured out and share what I've learned along the way. And you know, it, it had. I will, I will try to be a bit more active in hunting down the study. I think it's called the China study, where they, they, for twenty or thirty years or something. It was a at a, a long amount of time that they they tracked these these records and and data and whatnot and and it. It's showing, you know, I don't want to say conclusively and without a doubt because obviously there is some doubt. And I don't know if that doubt is stemmed from, you know, popular culture and the idea that we've got to eat meat. Our ancestors did it. Our ancestors also sacrificed humans to... To, to invisible people in the sky is that we need to start doing that too, right? Same. Anyway. What, what does that look like being a prepper? Being a, a vegan minimalist prepper? I don't know, man. I know there's a couple of people out there. There's the plant-based prepper. I know there's the vegan prepper out there. You know, I want to throw my hat in the arena there and say, hey, you know, I, I, I've got a bit of a unique experience as well because in my in my large family, I'm only I'm the only vegan, and I I think kind of low-key, secretively. I'm picking up mixed signals from a couple of my kids, the possibility that they want to they wanna cross over to the light side with me. And, you know, I, I don't want to... I, I didn't want to force it, you know. I didn't want to go walking in there and say, killing animals is bad. Meat is murder. There will be no more meat in this house. I wanted to. I wanted to say that, but yeah, if, if that if that's how I wanted to go back to the idea of living in my car, yeah, that that would be that would be the way to go about it. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I don't think my wife's gonna have it. I'm pretty sure most of my kids ain't gonna have it either. So just kind of go with it, kind of thing. I do my thing instead of instead of forcing my beliefs on other people to to live my live my life as my example. Okay. So am I a prepper? Okay. Do I call myself a prepper? Not really. I 
say the word in order to help people get a bit of a better understanding of what it is I'm saying, where it is I'm coming from kind of thing, but I don't I don't necessarily consider myself to be a prepper. I, I, I am inspired by preppers. I am inspired by Buddhists. I am inspired by weightlifters, bodybuilders. I'm inspired by Tom Hanks, you know? <laughs> I'm inspired by a lot of people and their individual efforts. Right, but I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily wanting to call myself anything. You know what I mean? I just want to, I want to, I want to go to work. I want to earn my wage. I want to go home and I want to work the garden. I want to grow stuff in the backyard. I want to spend time with my kids. I want my my hobby slash side hustle to grow to the point to where it's my main hustle. And I want to stay home and I want to spend more time with my kids and I want to learn to homeschool. And I want to, I, there's this whole big pile of stuff that I want to do. But none of those things do I want to be known as. You know, I, I want to be known for doing them. I want to be known for being inspired by these things. Right? But I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to be known as a homeschooler because then somebody's going to get it in their head that I know all of the laws. Right, and it, and and that annoys me because I've been that person that assumes that the person that I am contacting about this thing because they called themselves this thing, they are the expert. Even if even if they've only got a day's more worth experience than me, they are my expert, and I need them to tell me all of the answers now. Right, and I. I get that from people, you know, like, like I tell people I went to paramedic school. Oh, well, then you know how to do all of this. We need your help. I'm like, dude, wait, hold on. I'm not licensed. That's above my, <laughs> that's above my practice. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I can't. No. But I I can't tell you that I've tried this. You know, I can't give I can't give medical advice, but I do know that that these these little uh, dissolvable vitamin B12 lozenges um, made me feel better. And now I'm going to, I've got this bottle here and I'm thinking about finding me a couple more bottles to, to set up on the shelf because B12, B12 is an enzyme that is produced by bacteria that lives in the dirt 
and that bacteria or that enzyme gets on the the fruits and vegetables that are on the ground and whenever you pick them up and you eat them then the B12 gets into your system and B12 wasn't a problem until recently whenever we started uh, doing uh, factory farming indoors and the dirt doesn't make it onto the finished product so that enzyme isn't there and that people say that uh, uh, well you got to eat meat because uh, because of B12 and that's not true because B12 comes from plants comes from plants that are on the ground and the animals eat the plants just like protein just like iron just like calcium Animals eat the plants, we eat the animals. The stuff from the plants makes it into us. We can cut out the middleman and just eat the plants. Okay? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so being a I I know I know that being a prepper and being a vegan is I don't know. I, I want to say it's going to be tough, but you know, I'm I'm going to go ahead and say that because I'm also one of those people that that if you tell me I can't do it, I'm, I want to try and figure out a way that I can do it because I really want to do it. You know, if you if you told me that it was going to be impossible for me to flap my arms and make it to Mars. You know, I would think about it for a minute or two and, and see, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's that's right. That's impossible. I'm not going to be able to do that. I would give up. You know, that, that would be a, a worthwhile thing about giving up on, right? But if you told me I couldn't grow 100% of my calories in my backyard, well, then, you know, that... You know, black thumb or no, I, I, I'm thinking I want to try and figure this out, right? So, you know, there, there, you know, surprise. Uh, there, there's a, there's a project that I'm, I'm wanting to work on. Probably get quite a bit more serious about it when, uh, when spring gets a little closer because I, you know. I've got so much going on right now, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, and uh, uh, there, there's other things that I could be doing besides learning how to plant stuff in the spring when it's October, right? Other things that, that I can do as a prepper that doesn't involve me being a vegan is is involves stuff okay and that gets that gets the minimalist in, in my brain going a bit and makes it another weird place to be because you know, I, I keep 
I keep calling myself a minimalist, but whenever I see a minimalist, I think of, you know, um, I think of like a Buddhist monk, right? They've got, they've got the robes that they've got on, they've got their little bag that they carry with them that has just a, a few meager possessions, you know, they're, they're like a watch, they've got glasses, they've got another set of robes in that bag, and that's it. That's all of their personal possessions. I know there's some that have more, but, you know, in general, basically, that, you know, there's, that's, that's what they got, right? And I, and I look at them as big inspiration. You know, I, I look at our, our primitive ancestors with, with a lot of inspiration because, you know, 10,000 years ago, we didn't have, you know, carbon fiber arrows. We didn't have stainless steel arrowheads. Right? We didn't have the internet. We didn't have Google. We didn't have electricity. We didn't have libraries. We didn't have any of this stuff. We didn't have 10,000 square foot houses to put all of our stuff in. We lived in hunter-gatherer societies, nomadic tribes that moved around with the seasons. And whatever, whatever luxury items you had, you had to carry that stuff around with you. And I can tell you right now, I do not want to carry my library around with me. Right? <laughs> I have I have like over a hundred books. I'll 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 go that far and say I've got over one hundred books in, in 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 my my personal library. And I do not want to carry those things with me. So what? Now what? Do I get rid of those things because later on in life I'm not going to want to carry them around with me? Do I get rid of these books? You know, uh, what to do when there is no doctor? Just because a hundred years from now I won't need it? Or, or, or right now I don't need it because we have... What am I trying to say? I don't need that book right now because I can just go down the road to the doctor and, and have the doctor fix me. Well, that's the title of the book, What to Do When There's No Doctor. That's also kind of part of the reason why I went to paramedic school, so I would know these things. How to apply pressure to, to a, a wound to stop the bleeding. Or at least to slow it down, you know, until you know the the next level of care comes along, or work my way into being that next level of care. And that that's always been a, a something I wanted to do. Also, probably after the 
kids move out, I might go back to paramedic school just so I I know these things, you know, and I and I still try to stay up to date, I guess you could say. It, it's being a, a prepper and, and carrying that title doesn't I don't know it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that's what I'm doing you know like like that, that stereotypical thing that you see whenever somebody says that they're a prepper whenever you you see the war, the the show Doomsday Prepper, and all those people. Those people. I've I've seen some of the the behind the scenes stuff, and I've I've listened to some of the people that did the uh, the recruitment or whatever for that show. I've listened to those people talk. I've listened to the people that have been on that show talking, and and tried to explain that the people on that show aren't that crazy that they they edited the footage just right to where they seem crazy yeah some of them are crazy I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to uh, steal any of the crazy thunder from those people that were you know genuinely out there you know but it it's Being a prepper, to me, doesn't seem that crazy. Being a prepper, to me, seems like it's, a, you know, a grown-up, responsible, adult thing to do. Especially if you're a parent. You know, I, I know we live in a society that says we've got to party hardy until the, and, you know, until our last day and do all of this cool stuff and all of this fun stuff and it's got to be that way all day every day but we also live in the society where there's you know the, there's there's a price tag to all of this fun stuff that we're doing and whether it be monetary or time or whatever that price has to be paid and some people don't want to pay that price some people don't want to live that way but it it's quite unfortunate that society says that that's how you're supposed to live. That's how you're supposed to do things. And if you don't do them that way, then you're not a success. And if you're not a success, you're a loser. Okay? And that's, that's, that's the, the same idea that I get, that I pick up from the preparedness world. You know what I mean? That The, the idea that Here's, you know, like, uh, one of my favorite examples is, there's this guy, uh, he, he reviewed survival knives, right? And you can go back through his, his, uh, uh, his content and see that he's got the, he's got this pegboard, right? And it's backlit and he's got lights over the top of it. And he's got his knives displayed on it real nice. And whenever I started watching him, 
you know, because I was looking for my knife. And you know, I, I started watching his videos, and he only had like five or six knives up there. And then I watched, you know, I watched a few more videos, and I couldn't help but notice that every every week he had a new knife, and he he rearranged the the pegboard and had a new knife up there. And then, not necessarily at the end, but also at the end and several times throughout the video, he would make mention that he wouldn't trust his life to any other knife but this one. This is the knife that he's taken out with him whenever the, the stink hits the propeller, man. And then the next week would roll around and he'd say it about the next knife and the next knife and the next knife. I'm like, wait a minute, man. This is what? How many, how many hundreds or thousands of people watched your video last week? Saw you say, as some sort of perceived expert in knives and survival and stuff, say the words, "I wouldn't trust my life with any other knife but this one." They're like, well, crap, man. This this guy right here, he's the expert, and he says he isn't going to trust any other knife, and I'm not going to trust any other knife either. So they go out and they spend three, four, or five hundred dollars on a knife. take that three, four, five hundred dollar knife and they, they take it out in the woods and they do some crazy stuff with it and it breaks. Right? Like, I don't want to spend that kind of money on a knife and have it break. Right? And that's what I, that's what I started I started trying to blend minimalism and preparedness together and got inspired by by our primitive ancestors and doing primitive living skills. And I know a lot of people call them primitive survival skills, but I don't I don't really I don't really like that phrase because our primitive ancestors weren't surviving. I see survival as a as a something you do until normal returns. You know, the, the, the lights go out, the power goes out, electricity goes away. You're surviving a short amount of time between the time the lights go out and the lights come back on and everything returns back to normal. You get lost out in the woods. You're surviving until you get found. And, you know, but if you go out into the woods on purpose to live out in the woods, you're not surviving, you're living out in the woods. You're living without electricity. You're living without the internet. You're living out in the world with these primitive skills. And it's those primitive skills, to me, is what really gives, I don't know, breathes life into minimalism having a place in preparedness. 
Now, am I going to fully embrace minimalism and say nothing that I can't carry on my back is coming with me? I know. No, because that would be stupid and irresponsible, especially in this world that we live in right now. Especially since I live in a house and I have a great big garage that can hold a whole lot of food. You know, I've got shelves everywhere and I can put blankets and clothes and, and you know, I, I can do all of these things to, to prepare and be ready. And in case it doesn't happen, well, okay. That's fine. I've got, I've got extra blankets sitting out in case, you know, somebody gets sick and throws up and fluid's coming out of both ends and you know, it's just going to be easier to throw all that stuff in a, in a trash bag and throw it in the trash instead of figuring out how to get all of that out of the bed sheet. Yeah, I got, got some in a box ready to go. No big deal. If nothing else, my shelves being stocked with, with cleaning supplies and food and stuff. On days like today, whenever I've spent eight hours on the road and I get home and I'm done and I don't want to go do anything or be anywhere, I just go out to my preps and grab a couple of cans of something and throw it in the microwave and get it warmed up and I got me something to eat. I can go to the I can go to the freezer and I can grab something. I can throw it in the oven and voila, there's dinner for the family. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's, there's, there's a balance in there. And that, that's really, really, really where I want to, I want to focus my energies. Like, I'm, I am inspired by preppers. I am inspired by philosophers. I am inspired by doctors. I am inspired by a lot of different people and I want to take these things that I am inspired by and, and put them together in my own little soup. I want to share it. I want to hear people on TikTok go, good soup. <laughs> you know what I mean? Alright, I gotta get out of here. Almost back to the warehouse. I got, yeah, that was it. There you go. They'll let you do an hour, so. Have a great day, right? Go down to the show notes. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. There should be some links down there. Click on them things. Go to them places. Like, follow, subscribe. Share with a friend. Interact with me. Let me know what you think about the show. And I will talk to you guys later. Goodbye.